Okay, good morning, good Chodesh. Today's daf is daf Samach. Um, today's Shizli Ilunishmas Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Alevi, Baruch Ben Eliyahu Shmuel, David Yitzchak Mordechai Ben Yosef, Eliyahu Ben Yeshayahu, Luna Leia Luna Bas Asael, and Zev Ben Mordechai Halevi. And it's also for a refuah shleima of Zeev Halevi Ben Gutel and what's it, Ruvain Ben Rivka. And may they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so yesterday we were discussing why there is no me'ila by dam. We know that once generally, well, something that is kadosh, that is dedicated to Hashem, there's me'ila if you're not allowed to use it for personal use. And obviously, if one does, okay, depending on whether he does it by mistake or on purpose, but there's... Um, Obviously, it's a severe avera called me'ila. We said badam. Now, obviously, this seems to be the, the chilush is here. Even before you sprinkled the blood on the mizbech, there is no isur of me'ila. So if someone takes the blood that he's supposed to be sprinkling on the mizbech or pour on the mizbech, and he gets benefit from it, he's not doraisi, he's not chav me'ila. We said that the rabbonon, even after the blood has been sprinkled Durabonon, according to many opinions, to certain tenoim, you shouldn't get benefit. But again, to Orisa, there is no problem. So we started off by saying, we brought a posuk and we brought three droshas, it's going to become relevant a bit later, three droshas, why, where we see that blood is not, um, there's no me'ila by dam. And then we brought... Now, Rabbi Yochanan said, because the apostle compares me'ila, compares the blood before it's been sprinkled to the blood after it's been sprinkled. And after, and we said there's never, we brought a principle, there's nothing, there's no atom that once you've done the mitzvah, there is still me'ila. There is never me'ila once you've done the mitzvah. And therefore, the blood after there's no me'ila, and it connects the blood to the blood after it's been sprinkled, and therefore there's no me'ila. So now today's daf, we're going to start um, from the bottom, last line of Nun Tesamud Bey, 59b. The Gomorrah asks, Velah, you're telling me that there's no case of something that's done its mitzvah, and it's muta, there's no me'ila. He says, Varei Truma Sedeshen, what about the Truma Sedeshen? What about the Truma Sedeshen? So we know that's the first avoid. Remember at the beginning of the Masech, towards the beginning of the Masech, we learned about the Truma Sedeshen. The coin takes a shovel full of ash off the Mizbech. And the Posuk there says, mizbach, He must place it next to the Mizbech, which the Gomorrah learns out means that you do, it does Gneza, you leave it there. And it's Osur Bahano, you're not allowed to get benefit from it. And if you do, you transgress Me'ila. So you see the Truma Sedeshen, is ash that's been burnt. You've done the mitzvah of Trumas Adeshen, and still it's also. So again, this is questioning the principle of Ein Lechodover Shenasis Mitzvaso Humalimpo. So the Gemara answers no, Mishum to have a Trumas Adeshen or Big Day Kahuna Shnei Ksubim Aboim Keechod. Because we have two Psukim, we have Trumas Adeshen and the garments of the Kohen Godel on Yom Kippur which are two psukim coming to teach the same thing. And any time you have two psukim coming to teach the same thing, we don't learn from them to the rest of the Torah. 
let's just, before we understand the drasha, let's just understand. So we know the Truma citation, as we explained, the Pasuk says, you place it by um, which means you place it there, it must be Genizet, still Osirbano. And with the big day Kahuna, these are the, the four, what we, we're, not, we're referring to the four garments of the coin Godol on Yom Kippur. The Pasuk there says, once he's finished the Hizavoida, he leaves them there. Which the one opinion learns as, he leaves it there forever. He has to do Gnizah. They're never allowed to be used again. So we see, he's done the mitzvah, and yet they still osur. Now we have this concept of whenever you have two psukim teaching the same principle, and you have two psukim teaching the same law, the same halacha, you don't apply it to the rest of the Torah. I think the logic behind that, this is what the Rach, the Rach seems to say, and I remember reading it in, uh, learning it in Rashi, in Kiddushin, um, but the, the, the logic behind this is, if the Torah wants us to learn something as a general principle, then it would say it once. And we would know, oh, anything that you've, even once something is finished, the mitzvah, it's still awesome. It's still awesome. If it said it once, comes along the Torah and tells us in two different scenarios that item A and item B is still awesome after you've done the mitzvah. So it's clearly specifying only those two cases and not any other cases. So that would be the uh, the principle, that's of Shnei Subim Apoim Kechor, Ein Melamtim, when you have to, again, it would be what's called a Binyan Av, a, a general principle that you learn to the rest of the Torah, but since it's written twice, clearly the Torah is limiting it to those two cases. So that's what we're saying here. Again, you have Trum, Urat, Trumas Adeshen is something that once you've done the mitzvah, it's still Asur. And Big Day Kahun is also something that even though you've done the mitzvah, it is still Asur. However, the Torah uses its two cases, so therefore we won't learn from them to the rest of the Torah. Now we're going to just run it through a whole a set of a series of issues with the, 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 with the way we've learned up to here. But just one interesting thing to think about, what would they do with the Big Day Kahuna, with the regular Big Day Kahuna? I mean, these we're referring to the Big Day Kahuna that the Kohen Godel used on Yom Kippur. What about the rest, the, the big day Kahuna that the Kohen Godel used the rest of the year when they became worn? And what about the big day Lovon that the regular Kohanim used to wear? Now I know that the, I remember um, in Sukkah we learned about Simchas Beis HaShaiva. Remember on the, because of the water drawing ceremony, the Nisuch HaMayim, they would have special parties, Simchas Beis HaShaiva, every night of Sukkot. So that and they would use the old big day kahuna, the worn out big day kahuna, to light the lamps for the for the feast, the more like bonfires, but the lamps for the for the for the party. But that's uh, so that's what they did with those. I don't know if that's because it's also to use them for anything else, and they have to be used for something kodesh, or is that just uh, mala? I don't remember. I don't remember how we learned that. Okay, now just wait. So what have we said so far? We've said we have two psukim, trumas hateshen and big day kahuna, the kohen gadol's clothes on yom kippur. That are two psukim teaching us the same thing. That even once you've done the mitzvah, it's also, and therefore it's limited to those two examples. He says, This works out well according to the rabbi who say that what does the possible mean when it says by the big day kohuna that you leave them there that they have to be buried hidden but a contrary who says no a regular kohen can use them i mean my what are you going to say we don't have tupsukim we only have the pasuk of trumas adeshen and the big day kohuna once you've done the mitzvah they could be used by a regular kohen so he says, no, Mishim Dave Truva Sadesh and Veegla Rufa, Shnaik Suvim, my poem Kechod, Vakol Shnaik Suvim, my poem Kechod, Aimelamdim. He says, no, we have two things. There's the Truma Sadeshin 
and the Egla Arufa, which are two psukim that come to teach the same thing. Again, the Egla Arufa, remember that is the, if you find a murdered, a victim of murder between two cities, and you're not sure whether you can't find the murderer, and you've, um, you get the, the elders of the city come and they measure, and the, well, sorry, they measure where it is, and the closest city has to bring this Egla, and they chop it from the back of its neck, the Egla Arufa, um, but there it also says that you leave it there. Let me just see if I have the pasuk. Yeah, it says um, the pasuk there is vohiridu es zikne ha'ir ha'hu es ha'eglo el nachal eisem asher lo yavod boy velo yis ra vo'orfu vo'orfu shom es ha'eglo. Shom teaches us that benachal vo'orfu shom es ha'eglo benachal. You leave the eggla, you leave it there. It's osur bano even once you've done the mitzvah. So we see that the Egla so we have two sources, we have Trumas Adeshen and Egla Rufa that, that say that these things, once you've done the mitzvah, you can still get benefit. So it's so, so, okay, so we have two psukim, and therefore, again, once we have two psukim, it's limited to those specific scenarios, and we wouldn't apply it to other cases. So the general rule would be. Anything that you've done the mitzvah, there's no meila. So, so then the Gemara challenges. This is all very well according to the opinion that if you have two psukim that teach the same halacha, you don't learn to the rest of the Torah. But what about the opinion that you do still learn it to the rest of the to the rest of the Torah? Says Ma'ikelamaymar. How's he going to explain it? Again, according to him, we have two psukim which say that something that's done its mitzvah is still asur and there's still me'ila. We should therefore that carry that over to the rest of the Torah. So the Gemara says, no, treim yutaksivi, v'somo ha'arufa. There's two limitations in the potuk. It could have just said v'som, by the Trumas Hadeshim v'som, but it says place it by the mitzvah, but it says somo, place it, I, this specifically. So we have two limitations. And then similarly, it could have just said, that's very specific. This, this Egla Ha'arufo, that was uh, decapitated, is the one that is left there. So by the double limitation, um, that tells us, um, it's limited to those, even though he would generally say, if you have only two limitations, snake, suvim, aboim, ke'echod, you do learn to the rest of the Torah. Since in each of these cases there's a dumb, double limitation, it would be limited to only those two cases. Um, okay, then the Gemara says, so so, that, so so we have our, so, so now we've answered according to Rabbi Yochanan, this is a true principle. This principle of anything that you finish with the mitzvah, there is no further me'ila. As I said, the only, the challenge to this is, um, um, the challenge to this was, oh, but we found exceptions. So we said, no, those, those, it is limited to those exceptions, like Truma Sadeshen, according to some, the Big Day Kahuna, and the Egla Arufa. 
Now the Gemara asks, he says, Vahani tlas kroi, Badam lamali. Why do we need three psukim to tell us that there's no me'ila badam? That was the, at yesterday's daf. On Amud Beis, we had Ula said it's from the word lochem. Rabbi Shimon said it's from the word lechaper. And Rabbi Yochanan said it's from the word hu. So we have three sources. It's actually all one posuk, But three sources that the dam is that there's no me'ila badam. So he said, Chadli mutami noisar. One to say that the laws of noisar do not apply to dam. Chadli mutami me'ila. And one to say that the laws of me'ila do not apply. Chadli mutami tuma. And one to say that the laws of tuma do not apply to dam. I, in other words, if someone remember blood, remember a korban is not supposed to be left overnight, and someone who eats it after it's been left overnight, past night, is chayef kores. Someone who eats dam is also high of kores. So if someone eats dam, that is noisar, by mistake, do they bring two korban chatois or just one? So the answer would be, he just brings one, because the law of noisar does not apply to dam. So all he's done that is wrong is, um, is blood. And so too with me'ila, as we've just discussed, and also mituma, someone tomei, or if a sacrifice is tomei, you're not allowed to eat it. Oh, and it's kores. What happens if someone eats dam that is from a sacrifice that is tomei? Again, he would only be liable to dam. On the and another way, Rashi expresses it: if he he didn't realize it was dam, or he didn't realize there was an iser of dam, maybe he didn't know that dam applied to sacrifice. That you're not allowed to eat the blood of a sacrifice. So he ate the blood of a sacrifice by mistake, even if that blood was. Noisar, or it's me, or you would have thought there's me'ila or tuma, those laws don't apply to dam, so he wouldn't be chav kores at all. Okay, so those are why we have three psukim to exclude those three things that the law, the dinim of blood dam don't apply to them. The only isur is to eat blood, but not the additional isurim. Now the gemaras are aval mi pigel but regarding pigel we don't need a pasuk. What's pigel? So remember, pigel is when the kohen is offering the sacrifice and he has intent to sprinkle the blood or eat the sacrifice past its time. That makes the sacrifice pigle, and again, it's a isu kores. So why don't we need a posuk to exclude pigle? Either that if someone eats blood of this sacrifice that the Kohen had, that the Kohen made pigle with his intent, shouldn't we need a posuk for that? So he says, no, we don't need a posuk. The as we learned in Anything that has matirin, it is forbidden, sorry, whether the matir is for the person or the misbeach, there would be pigle. But the blood itself is what permits it. What are we saying? When you have a sacrifice, what allows the what allows the purse the kohen to eat it or the, to burn the parts on the mizbeach is sprinkling of the blood. So the blood is the matir, and it matters the parts of the korban to be burnt on the mizbeach. It matters the parts to be eaten by the kohen. So to a kmitza, when you burn the kmitza on the mizbeach, it permits the rest of the korban. So those are the matters. The matters. There's no isur of pigle to eat the matir. The isra of pigle is only to eat what has been matted. But again, so dam matters. Dam is what permits other things. And therefore, there's no isra to eat it as pigle anyway, regardless of 
that it's dumb and there are all these special laws applying by dumb. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. So now we're coming on to a general principle that applies back to all the last few, the last many Mishnahs that we've learned. It says, All these these the haloch the avoiders of Yom Kippur that we've said in the order if you if you proceed one act to another one you've done nothing uh, for example what happens if you sprinkle the blood of the goat before the blood of the par so it's as if you never ever sprinkled the damasir and you have to sprinkle the blood of the after you sprinkle the blood of the bull. In other words, yeah. So it has to be done in the right order. If you do one of these avoiders too early, you it's as if you haven't done it and you'd have to do it again later in the correct place. It says, If if he now what happens if you did some of the applications inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim and then the blood spilled, you have to restart that avoider in the in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. and so to the Hegel, and so to the Mizbeach Azohov. Shakulan kapor bifne atzmom because they each kapor bifne atzmom. For example, we know how many times do you sprinkle the bull blood in the Kodesh Hakadoshim? Eight times. One's up and seven down. What happens if you did, if the Kohen Godel did three sprinklings and then he dropped the blood? So now he needs to finish the sprinkling. So he goes and he shechs a new bull and then he comes back. Once he's, once he's sprinkled the new bull, he comes back and he has to restart those eight sprinklings again. So even though he's already done three, he repeats those. It seems from this, the, the, how the mission is learning, is that each stage is a standalone stage, and it has to be done with one set of blood. So if he spilt the blood in the middle of the stage of sprinkling in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he would have to shecht a new bull and do it from there. Or if he spilt the blood of the goat, he'd have to shecht a new goat and start from the beginning of the goat sprinklings. If, however, he had done, let's say he had done all eight sprinklings in the Kodesh Akroshim, and he did three sprinklings in the Heichal, and he spills the blood, then he just redoes the three sprinklings in the Heichal. He's done the sprinklings in the Kodesh Akroshim, and that was a standalone avoda, which is done. So now he just has to do all the ones in the Heichal, and then so too with the golden altar that we learned uh, yesterday and the day before, that remember he does four applications to each corner, one to each corner, and then sprinkles it on top of the, seven times on top of the golden Mizbeh, so that's also one unit. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, I remember Elazar, Rabbi Shimon said, No, he continues from where he left off. If he did three sprinklings, then he just goes and check and then spills the blood. He goes and checks a new animal and he does five sprinklings. If he's done five sprinklings, well then he'll go and check a new korban and do three sprinklings. He doesn't have to start the unit again. Okay, now the Gemara is going to go back to the first point in the Mishnah. He says, 
all the acts of Yom Kippur, all the avoiders that are said in the order, if he makes one, if he proceeds, jumps the gun with one maser to one that is supposed to come later, he hasn't done anything. Omer Rebbe Yehuda in Masai, Rebbe Yehuda clarifies this and says, when is this? But Vorimanasin the big day love on me bifnim. With the with the avoiders that are done wearing the white linen clothes inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim, Aval Bidvorimanasim the big day love me bechutz. But the Meloch, the the avoiders that he does in the big day love on outside of the Kodesh Hakadoshim, im hikti maselachavero, mashe also also what's done is done. Right, so what is what's how's Rabbi Yehuda clarified it? He says this rule that it has to be done in order and it doesn't count if you do it out of order. That's only by what's done in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. If it's something done um, outside, even when the Kohen Gadol is wearing his big day lovon that are unique to Yom Kippur, when it's done outside, it doesn't count. So, for example, let's say. He was in the Kodesh HaKadoshim and he sprinkled, well, yeah, it's hard to get this, but he sprinkled the blood of the goat before the blood of the, go- the bull. Or he did the sprinkling of the blood before the incense in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. There, according to Rabbi Yehuda, he would have to go after he sprinkled the blood of the bull and then he did the incense. He would have to re-sprinkle the blood of the bull. But if he's in the Heichal, the Heichal, and he sprinkles the blood of the goat towards the Paroiches, before he sprinkles the blood of the bull towards the Paroiches, since that's not Bifnim, since that's not in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he would not have to redo it. Rabbi Nechemia says, No, when do we apply this rule that it has to be done in the right order? No, any avoider that is done in the white, the special white garments that the Kohen Godel wears on Yom Kippur, whether it's done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim or outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it has to be done in order. Order. Aval bedvarim anasim bebig day zohar mibuchutz masha also also. But the what is what's done in the big day zohar outside? What's done is done. Sorry. So only. So what Rabbi Nachemia's rule is any time he's wearing big day lovon, it has to be done in the correct order. So so let's say he's standing inside the heichal, I outside the kodesh agdashim. And he sprinkles the blood of the goat before the blood of the bull. Well, according to Rabbi Nachemia, he would have to then re-sprinkle the blood of the goat because the blood of the goat has to be sprinkled after the blood of the bull. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, They actually both learn it out from the same posuk because it says, This will be a choik for you. Chuka tells us that it has to be done exactly as we said. Once a year. But they learn that once a year, what is a chukah, what has to be done exactly in the right order, is when it's achas b'shono, um, the what's done once a year. So Rabbi Yehuda, sovor, mokom shemizchaprim boy pam achas b'shono. Rabbi Yehuda says, the place where the atonement is done once a year. I We know that. The Kohen Godel only goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim once a year. So that's what has to be done in the correct order. That's what we would apply Chukah to. V'Rebi Nechemia Sobadvarim HaMizchaprim Bohen Pam Achas Peshono No. Rebi Nechemia says it's things that you atone for once a year. I, it's got nothing to do with the pl- whether in the whether it's the place that you do atonement once a year or whether it's the begotten that he wears once a year 
all the avoiders done in those begotten that the Kohen God wears once a year have to be done in the right order. Again, remember the big day the Kohen God generally wears eight big day kahuna, the breastplate, the golden the the Eifod, the Me'il, all these special garments on Yom Kippur, he wears a special, just four garments. It's very similar to the regular Kohen, but those four garments are worn once a year. So therefore, since that Rabbi Nehemiah learns, the Posuk says, Chukah to anything done once a year, he learns that also to anything that he, the Kohen Godel is wear, that he wears once a year. Um, yeah. So we've got that Machloikas again, Rabbi Yochanan says, the question is, what's Achas going on? This that it says once a year, does it mean the place that the Kohen Godel goes once a year? That's what has to be done in order? Or is it even the clothes that the Kohen, all avoiders done in the clothes that the Kohen Godel wears once a year, have to be done in order? Now the Gemara asks, where does it say place, according to Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says it depends on the place. But it doesn't say the, it doesn't limit it just says anything done once a year. It doesn't say the pl- where he goes once a year. So Elohanu time and Rebutus, we have to revise Rebut and say Ksivat's written Zois Viksiv Achas. It says this and Achas, which are both limitations. The ones to exclude avoid us down in the white garments outside of the Kodesh Agroshim and wants to exclude the golden garments. Oh, how does Rabbi Nechemia learn the two exclusions? It says, She rhymed the Loma Atfi. One is coming to exclude the big day Zohov, I that, the Kohen Godel, that if the Avoidos done in the, the regular big day Kohen Godel's clothes, he does not have to change, the, the order is not essential. And the other one is to say that the, the second limitation is to say that the Shirayim pouring the blood on the base of the Mizbech is not essential. That was what we learned yesterday. Remember, after the Kohen Godel is finished in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, sorry, in the Heichal, after he's done the applications to the Golden Mizbech, he walks outside and he pours the blood on the base of the outer altar, outer Mizbech. That is that essential or not? So Rabbi Nehemiah says there's an extra mute to say that it's not essential. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda, how does Rabbi Yehuda learn? Again, according to Rabbi, Rabbi um, why doesn't he say that? Again, Rabbi Yehuda said we both agree there are two limitations. Rabbi Nehemiah says, well, the, uh, the one limitation is to exclude what's done in the golden garb, and the other one is to exclude what's the, um, the pouring of the blood on the base of the Mizbech HaChitzona. Comes along Rabbi Yehuda and he says, no, both. One was to limit Big Day Zohov and one was to limit anything done in the white clothes. So why doesn't he make the distinction between the pouring of the blood on the base of the Mizbech HaChitzona? He says, no, He says, we see no reason to make a distinction. He says, if you hold it anything done in the white garb is essential, well then so too pouring the blood on the Mizbech outside the Mizbech HaKitsoyna is also essential. And if you hold this not essential, well then it's not essential. Kedetanya, as we learned in a Brisa, and from this Brisa we're going to show that it's a discussion whether it's essential or not to pour the blood. It says, When he finishes from making the atonement in the holies, it says, 
im keeper killer if he's done the atonement he's finished the im loy keeper if he has not done the atonement loy killer he's not finished he read rabbi akiva so again rabbi akiva made the focus on if he's done the atonement or if he has not done the atonement that that determines whether he's finished or not on my loy rabbi yehuda rabbi yehuda said to rabbi akiva says mibnei malone mar im killer keeper Make the focus on finished. If he's finished, then there's atonement. If he's not finished, then there is not atonement. And this tells us that if he's missing even one of the applications, he hasn't done anything. For the Yom Kippur atonement to work, the Kohen Godel has to do all the atonements. The eight in the Kodesh Akroshim, the eight in the Heichel, the... Well, the four and the seven to the golden altar. And we're going to see the discussion regarding pouring the blood. But all of those has to be finished. Now, for Omrin and my Benayu, what's the difference between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yehuda? Okay, what did Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva say, if he's done the atonement, then he's finished. Rabbi Yehuda says, if he's finished, then there's atonement. They're just switching. What's the focus? Is it on that he's finished or is the focus on that he's done the atonement? But what difference does it make? So Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Chad Omar, Mashmos Doshin, Ikabenehu. The one said that the distinction is just how you read the pasuk. It doesn't have a halachic nafkamina. It's just what's the way? How do you read the pasuk? What's the per- correct way to um, to read and understand the pasuk? But no halachic difference. The Chad Omar and the other one said, Shirai Ma'akvi Ikabenehu. And we're going to assume that this is Rabbi Yochanan. But Rabbi Yochanan says that the Machloikas is, do the remnants, is the pouring of the remaining blood essential? Again, the avoider that I mentioned earlier, that he carries, after sprinkling all the blood of the bull and the goat, as he had it to on the inside, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Heichal, on the golden altar, he takes it and he pours it on the base of the Mizbech. Is that pouring it on the base of the Mizbech? Essential. And Rashi explains, according to Rabbi Akiva, he says the Shirayim are not essential, pouring the remnants of the blood. And he says, because he would read the Pasuk as Vahakikomar. Im Kiper Ikar Hamatonois, if he's done, I'm just reading in Rashi, if he's done the essence of the atonement, he's done the applications of the blood, killer, then he's finished. Even if he hasn't. Poured out the remaining blood. Rabbi Yehuda sovereign, Rabbi Yehuda holds ma'akvi. It is essential. Ma'achvi ka'amar, and this is how he reads it. Im kila hakol. If he's finished everything, oz keeper, then he's done. Then there's atonement for him. If he has hakol, if he hasn't finished everything, ena kapora. Okay. So when Rabbi Yehuda places the emphasis on killer, almost he has to have finished everything. All the blood has to be finished. It has to. It also has to have been poured on the base of his back. Whereas Rabbi Akiva hold no, the, the essence is on the kapora, the sprinklings of the blood, the blood applications. And if you've done that, then there's atonement, he's finished, and there's atonement, even if he does not. Obviously, he's supposed to still pour the blood on the base of his mouth, even if he doesn't pour it. Okay, so what have we, where are we holding? We see that there's the machloikas, whether it's essential to pour the blood on the base of the Mizbah. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, he says, what Rabbi Yehuda told Rabbi Nehemiah is, look, you've got to choose one of those ways to learn. Either it's essential or it's not essential. But where do you see to make a distinction? Uh, sorry, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it is essential. 
according to Rabbi Yehuda, it is essential. But what Rabbi Yehuda says is, wait, no, it can't be, you know. Yeah, Rabbi Yehuda would hold that the pouring of the blood there is essential. Um, interestingly enough, even though he's not wearing his big, even though it's outside. But again, Rabbi Yehuda told Rabbi Nehemiah, Rabbi Nehemiah, you want to make a distinction between wearing the white clothes and pouring the blood on the Mizbech and wearing the white clothes and all the other avoiders. Where do you see to make such a distinction? Interestingly, I mean, as we've come out, Rabbi Yehuda does seem to make that distinction. Because he holds only the white clothes that he wears in the Kodesh HaKadoshim are essential. And now we've said that all the other matonos are essential, including pouring the blood on the base of his back. But I guess that's independent. That would be an independent rosha of wearing the white, what garments he's wearing, and what avoiders are unique to Yom Kippur. Okay, so then the Gemara asks, he says, Oh, me Omar Rabbi Yochanan, Hachit, did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? What, what did Rabbi Yochanan, did Rabbi Yochanan really say that, according to Rabbi Nehemia, Shiraim are not essential? Basically, what we're going on is at the top of the page, we brought that Rabbi, well, at the bottom of the previous Amud, we brought Rabbi Yochanan said that both Rabbi Nehemia and Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yehuda learn from the same possum. Rabbi Nehemia learns, and then we analyzing Rabbi Nehemia, we came out that Rabbi Nehemia must hold that, um, that the pouring of the shirayim is not essential. Can Rabbi Yochanan really say that? He says, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Tana Rabbi Nehemia Kedivrei Omer Shirayimi Akvei. In a discussion in Zvochim, I don't want to go there now, but Rabbi, but Rabbi Yochanan explains Rabbi Nehemia as holding that the shirayim are essential. He says, Kasha, that's very difficult. That's difficult. Okay, and as I've pointed out many times, the Gomorrah doesn't answer the question. It leaves it as Kasha, difficult. Um, but generally we say, we have a tradition that when the Gomorrah says Kasha, it means there is an answer. So I didn't get a chance to look up if anyone gives a possible answer, but I'm sure some, um, some of the commentaries would definitely suggest what could be an answer to this question. So just to clarify, so we, have this, we know that some parts of the avoid of Yom Kippur are essential and have to be done in the right order. The order is essential. And therefore, if you did a certain avoider early, before, before a uh, jump to stage, you would have to redo it in its correct or in its correct placement. Now we said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, we limited that to the avoiders that the Kohen Godel does wearing his big day lovon inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim. And according to Rabbi Nehemia. We said, according to Rabbi Nehemia, um, sorry, I lost my track. Oh, according to Rabbi Nehemia, he said no. Any avoider done in the big day lovon has to be done in the correct order. So Rabbi Nehemia is more expansive. Again, Rabbi Yehuda limits it to the avoiders done in the Kodesh Hakadoshim when he's wearing his white clothes. And Rabbi Nehemia says no. Any avoider, even what is done in the Hegel and Azara, wearing his Big day lovon have to be done in the correct order. Okay, with that in mind, says Omar Rabbi Chanina Katores, Shechof no Koidem Shritos, Oshopar no Osobolokum. 
Rabbi Hanina said, if the Kohen Godel takes the Chafina of Katoris, remember Chafina is how he takes the Katoris with his two palms, his two palm, he takes his hands full of Katoris. Says if he does that before Shecht in the bull, lo osovelo klum. He hasn't done anything. Let's just jump back to a few Mishnahs ago. What is the correct order? So remember, he does vidui on his bull. He then goes and he does the lottery on the two goats. Which one goes to Hashem and which one goes to Azazel. He then goes and he does a second vidui on the bull and shechs the bull. And remember, that's where he gave the blood to someone to stir because now he leaves the blood of the bull and then he goes and he does the incense. He takes a shovel full of coal, a handful handfuls of katoris, the chafina, and then he goes and he takes them into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. I think that I'm actually trying, I don't know if I got the order of the shovel full of incense right, but again, he does the... He shechs the bull, and then he takes a handful of incense, and he will go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the coals and the incense. Now this, Rabbi Hanina said, if he takes the Chafina before shechting the bull, he hasn't done anything. He's going to have to go shech the bull, and then take a new Chafina. says, now command, like Rabbi Yehuda, this seems to not fit with Rabbi Yehuda. Di'i Rabbi Yehuda, Ho'omar, didn't Rabbi Yehuda say, Kik siva chuka bedvarim anasim bebigday lovem bifnim siva. This word chukah only applies to what, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the word chukah, that it has to be done in the correct order, only applies to what's done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the, in the, where he's wearing his white clothes in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now the Chafina is done in the Hazorah, in the courtyard. So he's not, he, granted he's wearing his big day on, he's not in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And therefore, this teaching of Rabbi Hanina does not fit with Rabbi Yehuda, it only fits with Rabbi Nechemia. Because again, Rabbi Nechemia says, anything done in his white clothes has to be in the order. Now the Gomorrah makes a novel teaching, it says, no, I feel tamer Rabbi Yehuda. You can even say it's Rabbi Yehuda. What you do wearing... Um, What's essential for doing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is like part of the avoider of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. I'm very interested. What are you saying? He can't do the incense in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. He can't burn the incense in the Holy of Holies if he hasn't done Chafina. So Chafina is essential to doing the avoider in the Holy of Holies. And therefore the Chafina has to be done in the right order. That's what he's saying. So even Rabbi Yehuda agrees. Generally, the rule is only what is done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim has to be done in the right order. But we're adding to that list anything that is Tzorech Ponim Kaponim. Anything that is necessary, essential for doing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim has to be done in order. That's a bit of a discussion, but this would most, I think, it makes most sense to say this includes Shechita, Shechting the Bull. Shechting the Bull also has to be done in the right order. Because shecht in the bull is essential to sprinkling the blood of the bull in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Okay, but that is that limud. Let's just take, let's just see our Mishnah says, tonight our Mishnah says, there's going to be a cash on what we just said. He says, Im anshaloi gomar matnois, sher bifnim nishpach adam, yovidam acha v'yachsov yizah b'tchilam bifnim. He says, if he has not yet finished the, our Mishnah said, if he didn't finish all the matonas shemifnim and then the blood spools, he has to go and bring more blood, the yachs of a and then he has to 
sprinkle the blood from the beginning inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Uh, what would, what, again, what did our Mishnah say? Let's say he took the blood of the bull and he sprinkled it once up and twice down and then he spilt the blood. So now he has to go shech the new bull and start that procedure again. But he says, Ve'im isa. If this answer is true, i.e. that the shechita of the bull has to be done before the chafina of the katoras, as we just said, we said, even Rabbi Yehuda will agree, since the Katoris is doing the Chafin is essential for inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so to the, um, then the, when he goes, he, he therefore he has to do the Shechita of the bull before the Chafin, well according to our Mishnah, Yachzor V'yich von Miboyle, should have said he has to go back to the stage of taking a new Chafin. Again, what's happening here? The, the correct order is shechting the bull, chafina, sprinkling the blood. But here, the coin, so the coin did that. He shechted the bull, did the chafina, and he went and he sprinkled the blood. Okay, I'm leaving out the incense day. Yeah, the chafina includes the incense. And then, he, and then he sprinkled the blood. Halfway through sprinkling the blood, he spills it. So he has to go shecht a new bull. Now the order is out because now he's done the chafina before shechting the bull. So why doesn't our Mishnah say that he has to go back and redo the Ketores? So the Moran says, but Ketores lo kamari. No, we're not discussing the Ketores. I, I think um, you're right. He would have to do a new Ketores after the Shechita of this bull, because this bull is the one that counts for inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But, um, but he would not have to... Um, but we're not discussing Katoris, so that's why we don't say he has to redo the Katoris. But Einachinami, you're right, at the end of the day, he would have to do the Katoris again, because then he's done the bull and the sprinklings after the Katoris, where Shecht in the bull has to come before the Katoris. And therefore, um, so when he has to Shecht the second bull because he spilt the blood, he's obviously going to have to Shecht the bull and then also do the Katoris again. That's how we're learning. I was struggling with this because then it seems oh, he kind of has to go back. He, he kind of has to go back to the beginning of wherever he was. Let's say, um, and, and, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's true, but let's say he was doing the sprinklings of the goat. So what? And then he spills the blood, so he has to go shecht another goat. Well, the shechting of the goat is essential to the bull, so he should have to go back and shechter, um, so he should have to go, sorry, the sprinkling, so, the sprinkling of the goat has to come after the shechit of the bull, but, oh no, 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 sorry, sorry, yeah, now I'm making a mistake, you can ignore, ignore the last point, but that, I think, the main point of discussion for today's daf, obviously, we discussed the source, and uh, this last point was a fine tuning of Rebbe Yehuda's shita, but the main point of the discussion today was, which avoiders have to be done in order, and if you do them out of order, the avoider is invalid. And we said, the, according to Rabbi Nehemiah, it's any avoider that he wear, that the coin god wears his big day log on, his four begotten, because that's done once a year. It's the only time that the coin god does the avoider in white four big day log on, as opposed to his golden begotten. And according to Rabbi Nehemiah, that, sorry, that's Rabbi Nehemiah. According to Rabbi Yehuda, now Achas is going on the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Only the Avoida that is done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is it's essential that it has to be done in order. 
um, but the other avoiders, even what he wears his big day love on for, do not have to be done. It's not essential that they are done in the correct order. And we just fine-tune that now to say what happens that it might also include something that is essential to the avoider inside. Also, the chafina is essential to doing the katoria, so that also has to be done in order. Probably, shchita of the animals also has to be done in the right order. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.